morning, church. My name is Jeremy Hetzel, and I'm the Director of Student Ministries here at Family of Christ. If you don't know what that means, that means that I am the youth guy. And so being the youth guy, I thought I'd mix it up a little day today and have some fun. Does anyone want to have fun? Good. All right. We're going to have us a good old competition. We're going to cut the room in half. So Luke... You gotta be on that team. Everyone else, this direction, so two sides, okay? I'm going to show a picture in the side that yells out the correct phrase that goes along with said picture gets a point, okay? Now this morning, the left side at eight o'clock basically got all four right. So I'm hoping that the right side this morning actually steps up, okay? All right? So. First picture, please. There's no place like home. Some of you guys are shouting like this. There's no place like home. There's no, there's no place like home. Shout so I can hear you. Good job, Sarah Hine. All right, so some of you yelled Wizard of Oz, which is great, and that is the movie, but we're looking for... Nope, no half points. Phrase. We're going for phrases, okay? So left side, again, continuing to dominate. Okay, bring it, y'all. Next picture. I heard Rick. To infinity and beyond. Um, we are co-animated movie lovers. Rick saved your guys' butts. All right, so one to one. Okay, next. There's two words in front of that. All I hear is meh. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. Ron was yelling really loud, and I don't know if he said it right, but he was yelling loud, so I gave him A for effort. Two to one, even though I heard a lot of you say it, I heard a lot of you say it. Two to one, this is rigged, okay? Just get used to it. Two to one. Okay, last picture. Left side, see if you can tie it up. This is what I heard. Julie Collard, go ahead, make my day. Which, in her line of work, she probably says all the time. Probably not. All right, so obviously we all know what these phrases are. These are well-known. They stick in our heads. Words are powerful, okay? Now, I'm going to show you two pictures now, and both of those pictures I want us to decide are both true, are both false, or is one false, one a lie? Go. The first is the pen is mightier than the sword, and then he's just taunting him, in your face. Um, and the other is, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Both true, both false, one true, one false. So if you think they're both true, raise your hand. We got about 10. Both false. We got about three. One true, one false. The majority. If you think one of these is true, which one is true? Pen is mightier than the sword. That's the one that's true. Why is that one true? 
Because man, like, if I get cut by a sword, that hurts. But it heals. Can words cut? That's why the second one, I would say, is not true. Now, when I did this at early service, one of the members of the 8 o'clock service told me that sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt me. Were, it was first used as a phrase of just say whatever you want. I don't care. I'm going to do what I need to do. Your words aren't going to hurt me. Well, it was talking physical. We know today words hurt, and words hurt us. I remember when I was six, five or six, uh, we had a neighbor girl down the street, and when she found out my name, she started calling me Jeremy Wormy. <laughs> Why are you guys laughing? <laughs> I just told you words hurt, and I told you what someone said to me, and then you laugh at my pain. I got over it. Um, especially because I put tons of worms in her hair. No, just kidding. That would have been retribution. I did not do that. Sorry, Mom. I did not do that. Um, so... We realize that words are powerful and words hurt, okay? So today, as we go through James, we're going to see just how powerful words are. So if you brought your Bibles, you can open up to James chapter 3. We're going to go verses 1 through 12. So we will read, discuss, read, discuss, read, discuss, and then we'll have some points to finish out the message. So James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Starts out by saying this, not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Why are teachers judged more strictly? Because words are powerful. Because what people teach, other people believe. And what you believe, then you live out and do. So please do not take anything that I or anyone else says up here. Oh, well, Jeremy said it. I trust him. He's a good guy. Shucks, that must be right. Hopefully, I've done my research, and I have listened to the Lord leading me, and what I'm sharing with you is full of truth. But don't believe it because I said it. Go to the Word and find out yourself. Verse 2. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person and sets the whole course of its life on fire. And it itself sets on fire by hell. <sighs> kind of makes you want to be careful with your tongue, huh? Kind of makes you think about how powerful your words are. Has anyone ever said anything that you got in trouble for? <laughs> Gordon never has. I'm proud of you, Gordon. That's amazing. Most of us have, right? Most of us have said something that got us in trouble. I have kids. I have four wonderful children. And sometimes I will tell them what they're supposed to do, and their response is, because they know my words are powerful. <laughs> and if they can't hear it, then they don't have to do it. They still get in trouble. But <clears throat> the point is that when we're kids... We often can say things. Anyone ever talk back to their mom? 
or their dad and live to regret it? All of us have done that. Um, Ever gossiped with your friends about something that you thought was true and turned out to be a lie? Ruined friendships? Ever told a lie? Yeah. Words are powerful and they get us in trouble. And when we use our words poorly or unwisely, it does not glorify God. It sets the whole world and our lives on fire in ways that we don't want it to. Anyone ever spoken harshly to your spouse? That brings a lot of pain. That's not something we want to do. The Lord wants us to live differently. Verse 7. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. These next three verses are my favorite of this section. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth, should, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Reading that reminds me of what we read a couple weeks ago where we talked about faith without works is dead. We can say whatever we want, but if we say we love Jesus and we say we want to walk with him and love those around us, but all of our language points in a different direction, then we have to ask what's going on in our heart. So there's three points that I think if we can, by God's power, live these out, our words will regularly be a blessing. That does not mean that we will always say words of blessing because we're not perfect. We fail and we make mistakes. But if we follow these by God's power, we can live differently. So first off, we need to seek the good. Seek the good. And how I want you to remember that is, have you ever heard of the phrase garbage in, garbage out? I talk about it with our students a lot. Um, Whatever you allow into your life is what's going to come out of your life. For example, so we used to have like a workup, workout area up in the loft here at church, and so it was one of those, it's not an elliptical, it's one of those things you walk on. I did this at eight, and I can't remember what it's called. Treadmill. You can tell I'm on it a lot. Um, so the treadmill, right? So I'm up in the loft, and I'm, you're probably supposed to be running, but I don't. I walk. And so I'm walking on this treadmill, and there's not much to look up at the loft. You get kind of bored really fast. So I bring my iPad up there and watch a show. And I watched um, a bunch of Band of Brothers. You guys watched that? Powerful series. So I watched a bunch of that, ended that, and I was like, well, what am I going to watch next? And I'd heard about this political comedy that was a half hour, and I was like, oh, I'll check it out. It's on Amazon Prime. I'll watch it. So it's, you know, 22 minutes to an episode, not long. So I start watching it, and it is F this, F that language throughout the whole thing. And my clue should have been that the HBO logo came up before it started. I should have just been like, well, I should pass. Um, But I didn't. I was like, I'll give this a shot. Um, And seriously, and I thought it would get better, it was 22 minutes of comfortable cursing the whole time. Just regular, okay? Okay. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like, 
That was a lot of effing words. So I'm like walking down the stairs later, doing different stuff, and I don't remember, I stubbed my toe or someone came up to me and said something that I didn't like, which happens all the time. Um, recently, what the heck? Um, so some, something happened, I don't remember, and immediately that word was back in my head because I'd listened to it for 22 minutes straight. Pay attention to what you put into your life. I tell our students as regularly as I remember to, pay attention to what you're putting in your life. Because whatever you put in comes out. Go to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 43 to 45. <clears throat> Luke chapter 6. 43 to 45. It says this. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks." What are you putting into your heart? What are you listening to? What are you paying attention to? What shows are you watching? What music are you listening to? What conversations are you having? What things are you believing? If you're putting God's word into your heart in abundance, that is what will come out. If you are putting straight up rap all the time, you're gonna start walking like this. <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, maybe you will. But seriously, like, I see some kids who listen to rap and their pants start going lower. <laughs> okay, so it comes out of your life. Seriously, what you put in comes out. And if you want words that honor God and bless those around you to come out, pay attention to what you're putting in. That's the first point. Second point, seek healing. So first point was seek the good. Second, seek healing. And to remember that, have you ever heard the phrase, hurt people, hurt people? Hurt people, hurt people. I was a psychology major in college, and this is one of the things that we talked about. The point being, when you are wounded, you tend to lash out. I remember my parents talking to me about if there was a TV show we were watching or someone that I knew was being a bully. My parents would often tell me, Pray for that person, because they're obviously hurting. Pray for the people who hurt you, because they are hurting, because they are responding out of their brokenness and woundedness. So now look at your own life. If you recognize in your own life that you are responding more regularly than not with words that hurt those that love you, then figure out where you're wounded. Go to counseling if you have to. Figure out what wounds you have that are causing you to lash out. Because I know all of us don't control our tongues well sometimes. But if we're doing it regularly, find out where you're wounded. Go to Psalm chapter 30. Psalm 30, verse 2. Psalm 30, verse 2. It says this. 
<coughs> o Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. God wants to heal us so that we can be people who speak with truth and love and gentleness and respect. Go to God and he will heal you. Does that mean that he will heal you every time, in every moment? No. Sometimes he has a plan that wants you to live in that for a while, maybe a lifetime. But go to him for healing. Find out where you're struggling. I remember when I was in junior high, I started journaling. And I have no idea why I started journaling. It might have just been advice from my parents or something else. Um, But if you looked in my junior high journal, it was stuff like, had oatmeal for breakfast, watched Barney with my sisters, had chicken for lunch, did homework, milked the goats. I mean, it was really boring. I mean, it was an active life, but it was very boring. By the time I got to high school, and I'd been journaling that whole time, and especially like junior, senior year, I had no idea what I ate any day. If I look back, I have no clue, because all I wrote about were my emotions and what I was struggling with and what I was going through, and is helping me recognize, oh, I, I was really mad about this and angry, and I responded in this way. and helped me see what was going on in my life. So if you haven't ever journaled, I encourage you to journal. Figure out what's going on inside and then ask God to help heal you. All right, go back to James. We're gonna look at one other verse from James, but it's gonna be in chapter five. So we're getting a sneak peek ahead. James chapter five, verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. If we want to be men and women who love those around us well, we have to experience healing from the wounds and the pain and the struggles that we have gone through. And for us to be able to do that, we need to confess it to others. We need to be real with one another about this is where I'm struggling. I have two friends of mine both youth pastors at other Lutheran churches here in town that I meet with on Thursdays. We meet in the morning and we chat about life. Sometimes we talk about ministry stuff. Sometimes we talk about just life stuff. But we share prayer requests. And that is a safe place for me to be able to go, this is what's going on in my life. This is what I need help with. This is what I need prayer on. I didn't love Susan well this week. I didn't treat my kids well this week. I'm just angry a lot. I can share those, and then they can pray for me. And just the, just the habit of sharing those brings healing. Confession brings healing, because then you know that you're loved still, regardless of the mistakes that you make. Seek the good. Seek healing. And third, seek transformation. How I want you to remember that is this phrase, which you probably haven't heard, but I'd love for you to memorize. Jesus produces, we abide. If you want anything in your life to look any different in a year, you can grit your teeth and try, and you are probably going to look very much the same. If you want your life to look different, then you go, Jesus, do this in me. Help me be calm. Help me speak encouraging words. 
Help me serve when I don't want to. And ask God to give you the desire to do it. And he will. Because he wants you to live differently. He wants his people to live differently. We are a light on a hill. If we don't look any different, if we don't talk any different, no one's going to want to spend time with Jesus. Because what's it matter? Verses to encourage us with this. Does anyone know Romans 12.2? This is my confirmation verse, so I'm not going to look it up. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. If you want to be transformed, your mind has to be transformed, and it's transformed by being in the word, knowing what the word says, spending time daily in the word, and God's spirit living inside you changing your mind and helping you recognize what lies you believe. Because Satan's always throwing lies at us. We believe stuff all the time that's not true. We gotta weed those out by his spirit and by his word. Be transformed. Second, John 15. This is probably my second favorite section of scripture after the Romans 12, two verse. John 15. And really, this has become much of my life verses, probably. John 15, 4 to 5. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you look at you like your if you look at your life and you recognize that your words are often not loving and encouraging to those around you and you want that to be different, God's got to do the work. He will bear the fruit through you. You've just got to abide in him. And that's counterintuitive to how we live. It goes back to what we talked about last sermon series about dependence. Are you depending on yourself to live differently? Are you going to God continually and saying, change me, change me? change me. I repent. Change me. Are you memorizing his word? Are you staying in his word? Go to Galatians. This is probably my third favorite section of scripture. You're just hitting them all today. Galatians chapter 5, 22 to 23. These are the fruit of the spirit. And while I read this, I'd love for you to listen to or identify different fruits of the Spirit that would help you hold your tongue. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. There's four that immediately jump out to me in the times when I am not being wise with my words, that would help. Patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. The Holy Spirit wants to produce those in you. He wants your words to look different. He doesn't want to be coarse or crude. He wants it to be loving and patient and kind. And he can do that. 
It is impossible to tame the tongue. But with God's word and his spirit, he can help us come much closer to taming the tongue. If we seek the good, if we seek healing, and if we seek transformation, a year from now, I'm sure you can look at your life and go, it looks different. I use my words differently today than I used to. May we be a people that are so devoted to, so abiding in, so fervent for him and his word that our words are a blessing to others, almost always. Amen.